Let's pray together. The law of the Lord is perfect, refreshing the soul. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, giving joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the eyes. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The decrees of the Lord are firm, and all of them are righteous. They are more precious than gold, than much pure gold. They are sweeter than honey, than honey from the honeycomb. Lord, may these words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts may be pleasing in your sight. Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Lord, with this one life that we have, we surrender ourselves to you and we give you all the glory and all the honor. May your name be lifted high and be glorified this morning as we come before you as mortal beings to worship the most high God, the living God, our Lord and our King. We humble ourselves. We humble our hearts. Lord, we lay down our pride. We lay down our arrogance. And we turn to you and look to you, Lord. You are our rock and you are our redeemer. Forever you are and forever you will be. May your name be glorified. Take all the honor. We give you all the thanks and all the praise and all the glory to you this morning. We love you. We thank you. We pray all these things in your precious son. Jesus Christ, let me pray and God's people pray. Amen and amen. God bless you, everyone. It's good to see everyone's faces here this morning. Uh, We're going to be continuing on with our authentic Christian Christianity series. We've been in the series and in the story of David. And now we are in our main passage for today in 2 Samuel chapter 6, verse 1 through 23. And the title of today's message is called Reverence in Worship, Uzas Death. Reverence in Worship, Uzas Death. And today I want to talk to you guys about a controversial passage found in 2 Samuel chapter 6, verse 1 through 23. And when I read this passage, when I read this story, this story boggles my mind. And as Christians, we must relate this passage to 2 Samuel chapter 6, verse 1 through 23. To Romans 6, 23 with sin and rebellion. Meaning when a sinful heart and a rebellious heart, when they are not kept in check, it will destroy us from the inside out. The Bible is very clear, and the Bible says in Romans chapter 6, verse 23, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. I'll say it again. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So from the passage here, Romans chapter 6 verse 23, it's very clear that wages of sin equals death. But it gives us a hope, a way out. It says, do not lose hope because we have the gift of God. 
And there's a free gift given by God. And what is that free gift? It's the eternal life. It's the eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So as sinful beings, we must enter the presence of God and worship Him through Jesus Christ, our foundation, according to Romans 6.23. Because Jesus Christ is the foundation. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. So again, the foundation is Jesus Christ. So we enter his presence in the name of Jesus Christ. And then through that, under that, we have number one, we have obedience. Number two, we have rejoicing. And number three, we have humility. I'll say it again. Obedience, rejoicing, and humility. So with that, let's go ahead and read our main passage here today. 2 Samuel chapter 6, verse 1 through 23. And the title says, The Ark Brought to Jerusalem. Chapter 6, verse 1, it says this, David again brought together all the able young men of Israel, 30,000, a huge number. He and all his men went to Balah in Judah, to bring up from there the ark of God, which is called by the name, the name of the Lord Almighty, who is enthroned between the cherubim on the ark. They set the ark of God on a new cart and brought it from the house of Abinadab, which was on the hill. Uzzah and Ahio, sons of Abinadab, were guiding the new cart. Again, no matter how new the cart was, the cart here in this sense, to understand the context, it was very disrespectful. With the ark of God on it, and Ahio was walking in front of it, David and all Israel were celebrating with all their might before the Lord, with castanets, harps, lyres, timbrels, sistrums, and cymbals. Verse 6, when they came to the threshing floor of Nakon, Uzzah reached out and took hold of the ark of God because the oxen stumbled. The Lord's anger burned against Uzzah because of his irreverent act. Therefore, God struck him down, and he died there beside the ark of God. Then David was angry because the Lord's wrath had broken out against Uzzah. And to this day, that place is called Perez Uzzah. David was afraid of the Lord that day and said, How can the ark of the Lord ever come to me? He was now willing to take the ark of the Lord to be with him in the city of David. Instead, he took it to the house of Obed-Edom, the Gittite. The ark of the Lord remained in the house of Obed-Edom, the Gittite, for three months. And the Lord blessed him and his entire household. Verse 12, now King David was told, the Lord has blessed the household of Obed-Edom and everything he has because of the ark of God. So David went to bring up the ark of God from the house of Obed-Enom to the city of David with rejoicing. When those who were carrying the ark of the Lord had taken six steps, he sacrificed a bull and a fan calf. Wearing a linen ephod, David was dancing before the Lord with all his might. While he and all Israel were bringing up the ark of the Lord with shouts and the sound of trumpets, as the ark of the Lord was entering the city of David, Michael, daughter of Saul, watched from a window. 
When she saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord, she despised him in her heart. Verse 17, they brought the ark of the Lord and set it in its place inside the tent that David had pitched for it. And David sacrificed burnt offerings and fellowship offerings before the Lord. After he had finished sacrificing the burnt offerings and fellowship offerings, he blessed the people in the name of the Lord Almighty. Then he gave a loaf of bread, a cake of dates, and a cake of raisins to each person in the whole crowds of Israelites. Both men and women and all the people went to their homes. Verse 20, when David returned home to bless his household, Michael, daughter of Saul, came out to meet him and said, how the king of Israel has distinguished himself today, going around half naked in full view of the slave girls of his servants as any vulgar fellow would. David said to Michael, it was before the Lord who chose me rather than your father or anyone from his house when he appointed me ruler over the Lord's people Israel. I will celebrate before the Lord. I will become even more undignified than this, and I will be humiliated in my own eyes. But by these slave girls you spoke of, I will be held in honor. And Michael, daughter of Saul, had no children to the day of her death. Amen. Earlier, before I read the passage, I said the three things, obedience, rejoicing, and humility. And we talked about the title, reverence in worship. And we see that in this context here, that the ark of God was brought in through a cart. And that was very disrespectful to the way that God had wanted them to bring it in. So now with that, let's start with our point number one. And I'll go over the details and we'll understand the context of what is going on here in 2 Samuel chapter 6. So starting with number one, obedience is key. Obedience is key. There is a reason why the Bible it reminds us as Christians, as believers, that obedience is better than sacrifice. When I say obedience, I'm talking about to have reverence. I'm talking about to submit to God. I'm talking about to yield to God, the living God. It says in 1 Samuel chapter 15, verse 22, But Samuel replied, Does the Lord delight? Remember, who was he speaking to? He was speaking to Saul, King Saul at that time. Does the Lord delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as much as in obeying the Lord? To obey is better than sacrifice, and to heed is better than the fat of rams. So, in essence, our enthusiasm, our emotion, our excitement in worship, it must be ushered in with obedience before God. When we come to church, it's not just an emotional thing where we have tears, we have these feelings of these emotions when we worship God, but if that is not aided and guided by obedience before God during the week, our obedience to Him, our obedience and our walk with Him, yes, excitement, yes, emotions, they're all good things. However, if we are not obedient to God in our day-to-day -day life, our worship, Today, before God, it means nothing. It is garbage. 
It is nothing before the Lord. So in this passage found here in 2 Samuel chapter 6, the excitement is high. Enthusiasm is high. There's 30,000 people plus everyone is witnessing. Everyone's excited. There's music. There's celebration. There's dancing. The ark of God, the presence of God is finally coming in into our home. But the problem here was they were not obedient to God. There was rejoicing. There was excitement. There were tears of joy. However, they were not obedient to how God wanted them to worship. Let's look at verse 1. The ark brought to Jerusalem. David again brought together all the able young men of Israel. 30,000. Not old, young, youthful, full of energy. Verse 2. And all his men went to Bala and Judah to bring up from there the ark of God, which is called by the name, the name of the Lord Almighty, who is enthroned between the cherubim on the ark. They set the ark of God on a new cart and brought it from the house of Abinadab, which was on the hill. Uzzah and Ahio, sons of Abinadab, were guiding the new cart with the ark of God on it, and Ahio was walking in front of it. David and all Israel were celebrating with all their might before the Lord with castanets, harps, lyres, timbrels, sistrums, and cymbals. When they came to the threshing floor of Nakon, Uzzah reached out, took hold of the ark of God because the oxen stumbled on the cart. It was about to fall. Uzzah reaches out. He's about to touch it, and he touches it. And the Lord's anger burned against Uzzah. Because of his irreverent act. Therefore, God struck him down, and he died there beside the ark of God. Then David was angry because the Lord's wrath had broken out against Uzzah. And to this day, that place is called Perez Uzzah. Before the ark of God was brought into Jerusalem, the ark of God was captured by the Philistines, their enemy. He was taken as a prisoner of war, prisoner of war, and kept in the Philistines' temple. Finally, they get the ark of God back. They get the presence of God back. And there's 30,000 witnesses, plus chosen young men, plus all the people were there to witness this event. And everyone was celebrating, dancing with music. They just defeated the Philistines. Now they're bringing the ark of God back. What a joyous event. And suddenly, the oxen stumbles, the ark shakes, and one of them, Ahio, the son, is in the front, Uzzah in the side, in the back. He reaches out to stabilize the falling ark of God. And Yahweh gets angry and kills Uzzah instantly. So the question is, why would God who is gracious, why would God who is compassionate, why would a God who is slow to anger and rich in love, as the Bible tells us, get to a point of anger to the point that he kills Uzzah instantly? What would cause God to such anger? 
When you read this passage in 2 Samuel chapter 6, wasn't that right? The right thing. Wasn't that the nice thing? Wasn't that a nice thing what Uzzah did? If a camera is about to tilt and Arlene goes and she saves the camera, will we not praise her for that? But in this case, Uzzah goes and tries to save the ark of God. He touches it and God kills him instantly. Well, let us first understand what the ark of God represents. The ark of God represents the presence of God. It represents God's holiness, the symbol of God's holy presence. They could not, they were not allowed to treat the ark of God with contempt and with such casualness. So in essence, their actions were, so point A, negligent. For their hearts became negligent. Remember, God gave specific instructions to the Israelites in how to carry the ark. Again, it must be carried. It must be carried by priests, by Levites on poles through the rings on the side of the ark. So it was meant to be carried on their shoulders, not behind an oxen on a cart. Like us, as Christians, we are called to carry the cross daily. We don't put the cross in our backpack and we wear the backpack. We carry the cross daily on our shoulders. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19, 20 says, Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You are bought at a price Therefore, honor God with your bodies. We carry the presence of God in our lives, in our bodies. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. We are called to carry the ark of God. We are, carry, we are called to carry the cross. We are called to carry the presence of God in our lives. We are called to carry the presence of God in our daily lives. And God made it very clear here in how the ark was to be handled. The mishandling of the ark was very dangerous. Think of it like handling radioactive materials. You won't just go and pick it up with your hands. Like an oil spillage. Like a Simpson episode with Homer. Right? A meltdown at the power plant. He does many, many, many more and he saves the power plant. We can't just mishandle things because this was a dangerous act. The handling of the ark was very dangerous. Just like Ronnie, when he works in the lab, he cannot just go in and touch everything casually. There are certain ways that the way it is, it must be handled. The timing of God's anger here in this passage, it is appropriate because all the Israelites were there. 30,000 witnesses plus witnesses were there. Author Lamb in the book, God Behaving Badly, he says this, Yahweh did not want to send a message that obedience was optional since it was disobedience that led to the loss of the ark earlier and the slaughter by Philistines of 30,000 Israelites. So again, letter A, they were negligent. Letter B, insolent. Insolent, insolent, insolent. Their hearts became insolent. And what do I mean by insolent? I mean their hearts became arrogant, disrespectful, rude. It was offensive 
and it was insulting to God. Not only was it disobedient, it was insolent to God. It was offensive to God. Remember, the presence of God is not a personal suitcase or your gym bag. The presence of God here is the holiness of God. And we see even in ancient nations, to be carried, it represents royalty. So it was important for God's presence to be treated in a royal fashion. Because God was their king and their God. Yes, David was the quote-unquote king, lowercase k king. But God was sovereign over David and all the people, all the Israelites. And God was their true king. How dare they treat the presence of God? How dare they treat their king in such a manner by bringing the ark of God on a cart? It was insolent. It was offensive. It was rude. It was disrespectful. It was full of irreverence. By putting the ark of God on a cart, it meant that they were essence saying the ark was a cargo. And that was how the Philistines treated the ark of God. They put it on a cart, and that was the Philistines' way. But God's way was for them to carry the ark of God. It was specific by the Levites, the priests. So instead of following God's laws, the Israelites, they were following the example of their enemies. And many times as Christians, we follow, we try to pursue after God the way that the world pursues God, through meditation, through other means, through other religion. But there's only one way we go to God, and it's through Jesus Christ. And that is it. That is the only way for us to have life and have life to the full. So again, their ways were what? Negligent. It was insolent, and let us see, it was casual. And their hearts became casual, therefore their actions were casual. Their hearts became too comfortable. Their hearts became too familiar with the presence of God. And I'm speaking to Christians who have been Christians for a very long time. I'm speaking to you who have attended church since youth. You've gone to youth group. You've been to junior high. And you become casual for the things of God. You become too comfortable for the things of God. Their hearts became too comfortable. Their hearts became too familiar. And to become too familiar, it breeds casualness. When there's casualness, there's disrespect. They became too casual and too comfortable. Because Uzzah, again, it was with Abinadab. Uzzah was probably the son of Abinadab, part of the same family. Uzzah probably grew Next to the ark of God, he saw it every single day when he woke up, when he went to bed. And he became too familiar with the ark of God. He became too comfortable before the presence of God. Uzzah very likely began to forget the holiness the ark of God represented. And as us as Christians, how many times when we come to church... Even this morning, be real with yourself. When we wake up this morning, when we woke up here this morning, and we forget the holiness of God, and we become too familiar with God, and we become too familiar with God, it brings about casualness 
casual attitude. Bibles all around the house, collecting dust. I met kids in high school who would make blunts out of Bibles because they say it's nice and thin, and they would smoke it, becoming too comfortable because they have just Bibles all around their houses. You must not become too comfortable before the presence of God. You must not forget the holiness of God. Because before, because they were careless, because they were casual, they had lost the ark of God originally. Now, after much fighting, after much struggle, they finally got it back. They lost it once. Why weren't they extra careful this time around? Not being extra careful equals an insult to God. The people of God, they lost the ark of God to the Philistines, their enemies, because of their rebellious ways, because originally because of their careless attitude towards the ark. Now they got it back as David, their king. God did not want them to lose it again. God did not want them to forget the holiness that it represented. God had no choice but to show his anger in this passage towards Uzzah and towards the people of Israelites by his, and his disdain by killing Uzzah instantly for his actions. For his action was full of arrogance and casualness and was negligent. And plus, it was in front of 30,000 people. I mean, you could maybe do it yourself and get away with it. But imagine doing something like that in front of 30,000 plus people. Of course, God's anger will burn. And God took this very seriously. And this was very serious. And you may ask the question, how does this apply to me right now in this century? I mean, this is a long time ago. This is the Old Testament. It's the presence of God. We must not treat the presence of God lightly. Do not treat the presence of God lightly. Again, their actions before God, they were negligent, they were insolent, and they were casual. Going to verse 1 and 5. Verse 1 says, David again brought together all the able young men of Israel, 30,000. Huge number of witnesses. Verse 5, David and all Israel were celebrating with all their might before the Lord, with castanets, harps, lyres, timbrels, cisterns, and cymbals. Excitement is good, but if there is no obedience, it means nothing. So let me ask you something. How do you treat the presence of God in your life? The presence of God is meant to be carried by you, not by a scapegoat. And we always make scapegoats. We put the presence of God on an oxen, on a cart, like the Israelites did. We put it on people. We ask our friend. We put it on our friend, our Christian friend. We put it on our sibling. We put it on our mothers, our fathers. And we do this a lot too. We put it on our pastors. You ask me to carry the presence of God for you when it's your job to carry the presence of God. 
we must carry the presence of God. Matthew 16, 24, verse 26 says this. This is Jesus speaking to his disciples. Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and what? Take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me will find it. What good will it be for someone to gain the whole world, yet forfeit their soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. You have to carry the presence of God. You cannot make a scapegoat, put it on a car, have someone else carry it for you. You must carry the presence of God. We must not treat the presence of God with casualness, with negligence, with insolence. We must carry the presence of God with reverence and with obedience. So again, point number one, obedience is key. Obedience is key. And we learn here that their actions here, they were negligent, they were insolent, and they were casual. Therefore, God had no choice but to kill Uzzah on the spot. Despite the excitement, despite the enthusiasm, despite his good intention of Uzzah trying to save the ark of God, he was negligent. Everybody there, they were negligent. They took the presence of God lightly. When we take the presence of God lightly, there are great consequences. Do not take the presence of God lightly. Be obedient to him. Again, point number one, obedience is key. Point number two, rejoicing is key. Rejoicing is key. Focusing on verse 13 to 16 and then verse 22. Verse 13 says this, When those who are carrying the ark of the Lord had taken six steps, he sacrificed a bull and a fattened calf. Verse 14, wearing a linen ephod, David was dancing before the Lord with all his might. While he and all Israel were bringing up the ark of the Lord with shouts and the sound of trumpets, as the ark of the Lord was entering the city of David, Michael, daughter of Saul, watched from a window. And when she saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord, she despised him in her heart. Verse 22 I will become even more undignified than this, and I will be humiliated in my own eyes. But by these slave girls you spoke of, I will be held in honor. The world is going to despise you for you rejoicing before God, for your rejoicing worship before the Lord. The world may frown upon you and hate you for your rejoicing and your worship before the Lord. Your family may hate you for your rejoicing worship before the Lord. Your parents may hate the fact that you worship the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Your friends may make fun of you for your rejoicing and your worship before the Lord. And your co-workers may frown upon you for your rejoicing before the Lord. But may you continue to rejoice before the Lord. May you continue to rejoice before God. 
Because it says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16 to 18, Rejoice always. And then we know the rest of the verses, 17 to 18. Pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. But we understand we're focusing here on rejoice always. And the Bible is full of rejoicing. Not because of your emotions, but because of the joy that you have in God. Philippians 2.18 says, be glad, rejoice. Philippians 3.1, rejoice, brothers and sisters, rejoice. Philippians 4, we talked about Philippians in Steadfast series. Philippians 4.4, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say again, rejoice. And Paul says in 2 Corinthians 6.10, always rejoicing. Sorrowful, yet always rejoicing. Poor, yet making many rich. Have nothing but possessing everything. Your joy comes from God. Sorrowful, yet always Rejoicing. Psalm 32, 11, rejoice in the Lord and be glad in it. Rejoice, be righteous. Sing, all you who are upright in heart. Psalm 33, verse 1, sing joyfully to the Lord, you righteous. It is fitting for the upright to praise him. It goes on over and over and over again. And just as David did, despite what our circumstances may be, Yes, earlier on in the verses, Uzzah died. It was a celebration. All of a sudden, like, oh, no, Uzzah died. And everyone's shocked. Everyone's confused. All of a sudden, it became a funeral. But we must get back and continue rejoicing in God. Point number three, humility. Is key. Humility is key. Verse 13 to 16 says this When those who were carrying the ark of the Lord had taken six steps, he sacrificed a bull and a fattened calf. Wearing a linen effort, David was dancing before the Lord with all his might, while he and all Israel were bringing up the ark of the Lord with shouts and the sound of trumpets. As the ark of the Lord was entering the city of David, Michael, daughter of Saul, watched from a window when she saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord. She despised him in her heart. Skipping over to verse 20 to 23, when David returned home to bless his household, Michael, daughter of Saul, came out to meet him and said, How the king of Israel has distinguished himself today, going around half naked and full view of the slave girls of his servants as any vulgar fellow would. David said to Michael, It was before the Lord who chose me, rather than your father or anyone, from his house when he appointed me ruler over the Lord's people Israel. I will celebrate before the Lord. I will become even more undignified than this. And I will be humiliated in my own eyes. But by these slave girls you spoke of, I will be held in honor. And Michael, daughter of Saul, had no children to the day of her death. Humility is key. Never stop someone from worshiping the Lord. David came to his household to bless But Michael, his wife, stopped it. How the king of Israel has distinguished himself today, going around half naked 
in full view of the slave girls of his servants as any vulgar fellow would. And therefore the consequences was found in verse 23. David's wife, Michael, was not humble. She became too blind by pride in her heart. She became too proud in her heart to the point where she despised David, her husband. For what? For worshiping the Lord. Having pride and hatred in your heart destroys your worship before God. Having hatred in your heart keeps us far away from the heart of God. Verse 16 says, As the ark of the Lord was entering the city of David, Michael, daughter of Saul, watched from a window. When she saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord, she despised him in her heart. What she should have done was join David and worship together, leaping and dancing before the Lord. But in her heart, she despised them, meaning she despised the Lord as well. May we have a healthy fear of God in our lives, in our worship to God. We must have humility in our worship to God. May we have humility before the presence of God here today, as we have learned in 2 Samuel chapter 6. Amen? Again, okay, going over the points. Number one, obedience is key. Uh, let us not grow negligent, insolent, and casual before the presence of God. Point number two, uh, rejoicing is key. And number three, humility is key. Let us not grow proud as Michael did, but let us have humility as David did. Remember, he's the king, but he danced before the Lord with all his heart, soul, mind, and strength. And that requires humility. If you do not have humility, you will not be free in worship and worshiping God freely. Let go of your pride this morning, whatever you have, whatever enthusiasm or excitement or emotions you may have, lay them down. May we turn to the Lord with thanksgiving, with obedience, with humility. Amen? Amen. And let us rejoice always, as it says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16. Dawkins, an atheist, he said it in his book, the book, The God Delusion. And he says this about God. He says, the God of the Old Testament is arguable the most unpleasant character in all fiction. Jealous and proud of it. A petty, unjust, unforgiving control freak. A vindictive, bloodthirsty, ethnic cleanser, malevolent bully. However, as Christians, as faithful men and women of God, and as Christians, we know who our God is is the bible teaches us that the lord is gracious and compassionate slow to anger and rich in love and the bible teaches us that god so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life for god did not send his son into the world to condemn the world 
but to save the world through Him. And as faithful men and Christian women of God, may we know who our God is. That our God is gracious. That my God is compassionate. My God is slow to anger. And that my God is rich in love. So on the topic of reverence and worship, if you can all just bow our heads at this time, casting aside every distraction, casting aside all of our negative emotions and our quote-unquote feelings. But can we, in obedience right now, Can we just turn to the Lord and remind ourselves that we are called by God since birth. Before you were even born, that you were called to carry the presence of God. May you not grow casual, grow cold towards the presence of God. For those who have grown up in church, this is a reminder to you and a reminder to me that it is a priceless gift and know that it is a precious gift by God to have the presence of God in our lives. May you right now in humility turn to the Lord and pray to Him with humility and with obedience. Can we just take a moment right now in the whispers of our voices, can we take a moment to turn back to the Lord Can we remind ourselves that the presence of God lives in us? That we are the temple of God's Holy Spirit. When we turn back to the Father with humility and worship before the Lord and be undignified, not worrying about what others would think, not worrying about what others would think about our voices. But may we worship and pray to Him wholeheartedly, giving our best and our everything before the Lord. Let's just take a moment right now to pray before our Father in heaven. Let's continue praying and setting the atmosphere. And as David said, I will celebrate before the Lord. I will become even more undignified than this and I will be humiliated in my own eyes. I will celebrate before the Lord. I will worship before the Lord. I will become even more undignified than this. Even the world may point their fingers at me. I will worship the Lord with humility and I will be humiliated in my own eyes. Let's just continue praying. Let's let's get ready. Let us sing verse 1. I labor striving in this world. Tears. Let's just make this song our worship and our prayer this morning.
Lord, as David declared, I will celebrate before the Lord, and I will become even more dignified than this, and I will be humiliated in my own eyes. Lord, may we not think so highly of ourselves, but may we humble ourselves to you this morning. Remind ourselves once again that, God, we are nothing before your holy presence. It is only by you, through your Son, Jesus Christ, that we are able to worship you freely. We're able to lift up our hands and worship you in spirit and in truth. So, God, take all the glory and take all the honor. We give you thanks. May the name of the Lord be praised. Blessed be your name, Lord, not just today, but from here and on until we take our final breath. We worship you. We honor you. We praise you today. We thank you today for your faithfulness and for your priceless and your precious grace. We thank you. We love you. Pray all these things in your precious son, Jesus Christ, let me pray. And God's people pray. Amen. And amen.